Live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. Welcome to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine, reporting live, a safe social distance from Washington, D.C. How you doing? You okay? You had any sleep in the last two days, three days? I slept an hour and a half Tuesday night. Um, Got a little more sleep, maybe six hours last night. I've been a political junkie. And... um, well, how you feeling? You terrified? You scared? Petrified that our wannabe dictator will actually win a second term? Well, take a deep breath with me. And listen closely. President-elect Biden will be declared within the next 24 hours. Could even happen tonight. I think there's a decent chance. I've been going over the returns, not just by watching CNN and MSNBC and Fox News ad nauseum, but by looking at the actual returns put forward by the states themselves, reviewing the Associated Press. We got this. We got this. I'll walk you through it. And then we'll talk about the larger consequences of the election, not just for the presidency, of course, but for the Senate, the House, and for state and local races, because it didn't work out as well as we'd hoped. But we at least will get the orange um, narcissist out of the White House. Let me walk you through why I'm convinced that Joe Biden will win and win shortly. Let's go through the states. So, um, by all counts, uh, by all counts, including Michigan and Wisconsin and all the states that everyone has called, Joe Biden has 253 electoral votes. He needs a total of 270. Now, on election night, Fox News and the Associated Press both called Arizona and its 11 electoral votes for Joe Biden. And it's true that Joe Biden's margin has been whittling down since then. But I think Biden will will hold out in Arizona. I think he'll keep his 11 electoral votes. And we'll just do a little math. I won't do the whole John King wall stuff, but here's the heart of it. There's 68,000 votes ahead, about 400,000 votes left. Donald Trump would have to win 59% of all the remaining votes, which are almost entirely from Maricopa County. That's the big county in the center of Arizona that includes Phoenix. Um, Maricopa County is about 53, 54% Democratic. um, And it also includes a few votes from Pima County, which includes Tucson, which is very Democratic. Uh, But basically, Donald Trump needs about 59% of votes in a county that voted 54% for Biden. Don't think he can do it. Uh, You may see Biden's lead dwindle a bit, but I think Biden will hold out in Arizona. I think uh, Fox and the Associated Press, and I trust the Associated Press a lot, and actually the Fox Decision Desk, unlike the rest of Fox News, tends to be honest here. I think we can give those 11 electoral votes to Joe Biden. Give those to Joe Biden. He just needs one more state. Nevada's six puts him over the top to 270. 
as would, of course, Pennsylvania. With Pennsylvania, he doesn't even need Arizona, as would, of course, Georgia. Georgia's on my mind, and uh, may, may, we may get a call. Maybe Georgia that puts him over the top. That could even happen within the next hour. We'll talk about each of these states. Um, what's left? Alaska's three electoral votes. They're going to Trump, and they don't affect the race. North Carolina, sorry. I know it hasn't been called yet. Very, very unlikely for Biden to win that. We're going to put that in Trump's column. But assuming we keep Arizona, all we need is Nevada, Georgia, or Pennsylvania. Just one of the three. If we don't keep Arizona, and I think we will, but if we don't keep Arizona, then Pennsylvania puts us over the top for sure. Um, and then uh, with Georgia, we would also need Nevada. So let, let's go through those three. I think we have Arizona. So Nevada puts us over the top. Things are going really well in Nevada. Really well. In fact, so well that I think the networks might have called Nevada if it were not for the fact that it makes the difference and it would make Biden president on Fox News, where Arizona's already been called, I think they're being extra careful with the state that puts them over the top. But there's good news in Nevada. Uh, going into today, um, Biden was ahead by about 8,000 votes. Now he's ahead by about 12,000 votes. And that may sound tiny, but Nevada's a pretty small state. Uh, basically, it took him from half a percent or two-thirds of a percent to a full 1%. Um, remember, beyond 1%, there can't even be a recount in most states. Uh, Nevada may allow it, but I can tell you that in a recount, hundreds of votes change. It's almost never over 1,000 unless it's a really big state. It's not going to be 12,000. So Biden's ahead, and here's why I think his lead's going to increase over that 12,000. Most of the ballots are from Clark County. 73% of Nevada is Las Vegas. Um, and its surrounding areas, Clark County. That's, I mean, that's a tail that wags that dog. Um, so uh, the vast majority are from Clark County. It's a heavily, it's a Democratic county. And again, Biden only needs like 40 to 42% to maintain his lead in Nevada. I think we've got Nevada. And with Nevada and Arizona alone, books are closed. We're done. We don't have to worry about the shenanigans the Republicans have always planned for in Pennsylvania. We'll get back to Pennsylvania. Let's talk about Georgia next. Georgia is a sleeper. Georgia may just put them over the top. I expect Georgia to finish its count today with the possible exception of one very, very Democratic-leaning county, Chatham County, which um, is an African-American county primarily, voted 84% for Joe Biden uh, to 16% for Trump. And we're talking about mail-in ballots. So these 7,000 ballots from Chatham will just push Biden further. If he can win Georgia today by one vote, Chatham is just icing on the cake. In fact, I, I predict we'll get, oh, probably 5,000 votes out of Chatham at least. So can we win Georgia? It's close. It's really, really close. Biden is 13,000 behind. There's 50,000 votes left. They finished counting Atlanta. Most of the counties are balloon-leaning Democratic counties. Um, and again, this is mail-in ballots, and Democrats tend to use mail-in ballots. Republicans tend to go on Election Day. Democrats have been taught to be careful to avoid getting coronavirus, whereas Republicans have been taught by the president that COVID, 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 there's nothing to fear. It's just like the flu. And many believe those lies. So they're more, they were more likely to vote on Election Day. In any case, um, there's some 50,000 ballots to be counted. Can Joe Biden get 13,000? I think he can. It's going to be really, really 
really close. Let's say he gets only 8,000. Well, then come the 5,000 ballots from Chatham, and um, that's enough. I actually think that the state most likely to lead to a real recount is Georgia. It's not Michigan. It's not Wisconsin. Not even Nevada. I think Biden will actually hold out and do better than 1% in Nevada. Georgia coming down to the wire. I do think Biden can win Georgia, but I also think it'll be really, really close. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Georgia crosses over today uh, and puts Biden in the lead because that would make Trump look really bad. All right. Last up, the big daddy of them all, the race that everyone knew would decide the election, and that's Pennsylvania. Now, remember, all we need is Nevada or Georgia or Pennsylvania. Or if you want to take Arizona out of the mix, then you would have to say um, uh, Nevada plus Georgia or Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania alone wins the election for Joe Biden. Actually, Pennsylvania is probably where he's doing the best. Way better than Georgia, which I told you, 50-50 for Georgia. Um, but better than Nevada, actually. Better than Arizona. Uh, I predict that uh, Joe Biden's going to win um, Pennsylvania by more than 1%, possibly even 2%. Now, but you're saying, but, but Mark, Pennsylvania is where he's most behind. And that's true. He's behind by about 111,000 votes, steadily gaining. He's behind by 600,000 votes at the beginning. And that's because the Pennsylvania legislature purposely delayed Democratic-leaning ballots to the very end. So Pennsylvania is one of those states which is a blue state, primarily. They elected a Democratic governor, um, and they would elect a Democratic legislature, except the Republicans have gerrymandered themselves into power. So the voters every single year vote for Democrats as the majority, but the Republicans control the legislature because they don't believe in democracy. They don't believe that majority should rule. They gerrymander themselves, draw district lines into power. So the Pennsylvania legislature set up a rule that said you couldn't even take votes out of their envelopes, mail-in votes, until Election Day, which is crazy. We here in Virginia got all our mail-in votes ready to go, put them into the computer before Election Day, early voting before Election Day. Election Day came, took us five, six hours or so. Boom, we got your results. Pennsylvania was deliberately slowed down. And the goal was to show all these ballots for Trump. And then before the Biden ballots could be counted, Trump would declare the winner. He'd go to the Supreme Court to stop the count. Well, their strategy is failing because Pennsylvania votes are being counted. And it may take a while. But by the weekend, I think the election will be clear. Rest assured, you will soon have President-elect Joe Biden. And I'll be right back. He's a Bible-quoting, Constitution-loving, flag-waving, red-blooded, liberal American. He's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Mark Levine, sorry for that little bit of math there. Um, I know you're probably tired of watching it on CNN or MSNBC or even Fox. But hey, um, just want to let you know why I think we're going to have a president-elect Biden very shortly. I say within 24 hours, possibly this afternoon. At one point, CNN's Chiron, you know, that little thing at the bottom of the screen, said awaiting a Biden victory. And then I guess they got nervous and pulled that back. Um, but uh, that's how I feel, awaiting a Biden victory. 
Um, Georgia is coming in, as I told you. Uh, Joe Biden's only 13,000 votes away in Georgia with uh, 48,000 left to count. As you can see on the screen, he needs about 62, 65% of those ballots, but I think he will get them given where the counties are. But hey, Georgia's really close. Trump may win Georgia. I think Georgia may go to a recount. I suspect it'll be very, very close. But we don't need Georgia. I think we're going to win in Nevada. Biden's doing very well in Nevada. Uh, he's pulling further ahead. Um, I think we've got Arizona. But we don't need any of that uh, because, hey, Pennsylvania is around the corner. I always thought Joe Biden would win his home state. It's just a matter of getting around the Republican legislature, which... Let's face it, this is a legislature that only exists by the power of gerrymandering. Pennsylvania voters rejected this legislature, and this legislature, just like the Florida legislature that does poll taxes or the Georgia legislature that does Jim Crow laws, the people have rejected this legislature, but hey, you know, uh, they drew the maps. Um, in fact, Pennsylvania's maps are about to be undone. We may have a new legislature soon. We'll see. But the heart of it is that legislature said that... Um, they were going to count the ballots um, that came in before Election Day, after Election Day, which makes no sense, right? Think about it. You got all these ballots. You got all these people doing early voting. Great time to count is before Election Day. Get them all in there. Get them in the machines. They said, nope, we won't even begin counting until the day after Election Day. And the most conservative counties in Pennsylvania are the ones who decided we do not want to count on Election Day. In fact, the most conservative counties, you look at Erie, Pennsylvania, the ones that are in rural areas, they said, we're going to count all the Trump ballots first, meaning the, the, the election day ballots. And we're not even going to count any mail-in ballot till the day after the election. But Pennsylvanians who mailed in their ballots are citizens too. And their vote has to be counted equally with those that voted on election day. So Pennsylvania Republicans determined to count Biden-leading votes late purposely so that Donald Trump could complain about the late count. Got it? Republicans purposely count late. And then Trump complains about the late counting without mentioning that Republicans caused it to happen. And then was going to the Supreme Court to stop the count. In fact, the big argument right now that Donald Trump's suing in the Supreme Court is what do you do about people, legitimate voters, who cast their legitimate ballots and do it on time by election day and stick it in the mailbox and it's postmarked on time, but the post office, led by Trump crony Louis DeJoy, takes its own sweet time and doesn't get it to the Pennsylvania Elections Department until after election day. Well, in most states, that's totally fine. Right? It's not your fault if you cast your ballot a week ago, stuck it in the mail, and the uh, president ordered his cronies not to deliver it on time. Right, That's not your fault. But the United States Supreme Court, newly full of right-wing conservatives, even more so, the, frankly, the four to the right of Chief Justice Roberts, who's a pretty right-wing conservative, but at least believes in democracy— well, there are four justices that don't believe in democracy, right? There's Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, uh, Alito, and Thomas. And they said, you know what? If the post office purposely slow walks your ballot, you lose your right to vote. Because, as the Supreme, well, those four, the Supreme Court said, we don't give a damn about voters. We don't give a damn about voting. Voting isn't American. What's American is making sure that the president doesn't throw away your vote. 
And you should have made sure that the post office delivered your vote. You should have gotten in the mail car and not sure I understand the logic. No, it's pure power. There is no logic here. It's like Bush v. Gore, right? It's a pure power play. The idea is that, aha, we know that mail-in ballots skew Democratic because Donald Trump has been minimizing the, the coronavirus. And so we'll just take the Democratic votes and not count them. And the Supreme Court was ready to do that, right? You had four conservatives ready to do that, three liberals and Chief Justice Roberts that said, you know what, we think democracy matters. We think the people who vote on time should have their votes counted. And now with Amy Coney Barrett, Donald Trump pushing her on the court really quickly, the idea was she would come in and also destroy the legitimately cast votes that under Pennsylvania law are legitimately cast, that under the Pennsylvania Supreme Court are legitimately cast. But you know what? Voters outwitted them. There aren't that many ballots. When Pennsylvanians learned that Donald Trump was going to throw away their ballots and have his post office throw away their ballots and have the U.S. Supreme Court and the Republican legislature throw away their ballots and not count them, they voted in person, early in person. They didn't send it through the post office. It appears that that tranche of votes that we're even fighting over is relatively small. And I've always felt that the United States Supreme Court would not ruin American democracy, would not stomp on our constitutional freedoms, would not do a coup d'etat unless it was absolutely essential to choose the president of the United States, as it was in 2000. If the Supreme Court had not stopped the Florida vote count, well, they said it themselves. Gore would be president. And the U.S. Supreme Court, five of them, were not willing to let Gore be president. And so because they could cheat, they did. That was Bush v. Gore. If they could cheat here and make the difference, they would which is why all these non-Pennsylvania states are so wonderful. You see, if Biden wins Georgia or Arizona, and I think he'll win Arizona, and Nevada, well, he doesn't even need all of them, right? Arizona and Nevada, Arizona and Georgia, Georgia and Nevada, two of the three. He doesn't need Pennsylvania. And this whole scheme goes to hell. And here's the thing. I don't think it'll work even in Pennsylvania because I think people voted beyond the margin of cheating. So you go, American people. I think you've saved your democracy here. It's very, very clear what they intended to do, right? Donald Trump claimed victory on election night before the votes were counted in a purposeful scheme to keep votes from being counted that I think is failing. And while I do not trust the United States Supreme Court at all, particularly not the six majority members, I think Chief Justice Roberts tries sometimes to be fair. I got my issues with him, but I don't think he's anti-democracy. I certainly don't trust the majority five, but it won't matter. It won't matter. They would only steal it, I think, if it would have made a difference in the election. What's the purpose of showing Americans how much you hate the democracy, the Constitution, the right to vote, if it's not going to keep Donald Trump in office? I think we've elected beyond the margin of cheating. Now, it wasn't the landslide I hoped for, that's for sure. Coming up after the break, I want to talk about the Senate and the House, and some local races, and why we didn't get the landslide I hoped for. But it is enough. It is enough to get President-elect Joe Biden, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. It's enough to tell Donald Trump that his days as want to be dictator are over. 
And maybe then he might even be tried for some of the crimes he's committed. We'll get there. 888-48-MARK. Call in after this. He's a Fulbright Scholar, and he speaks French, but he couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl. It's Mark Levine. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. 24 hours. 24 hours from now, we will have a new president-elect. And I don't know that to be true. It could go into Saturday. I guess it could be 48 hours. But mm, the numbers are looking good. Pennsylvania is moving fast. In fact, uh, when I started this broadcast, Biden was behind by 111,000 votes. That was a half hour ago. Now Biden's only behind by 100,000 votes. He's moving very fast in Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania will be way beyond the margin of recount. And again, if we win Pennsylvania... We don't need Georgia. We don't need Nevada. We don't even need Arizona. Not that we can't win all three of those states. I think we can. But um, keep counting, Pennsylvania. Keep counting. And maybe we'll even have a, a winner by, by tonight. Um, got, if you want to call in and ask me a question about the election and add your two cents, you're always free to do so. The toll-free number is 888-488-MARK, 888-488-6275. 888-488-MARK. That's just in case you, you forget. 888-488-MARK. And we have uh, my friend Alex from Alexandria, Virginia. Hey, Alex, how are you, sir? Welcome to the show, Alex. You're on oh, the air. Okay, I almost didn't hear you for a second, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I definitely want to address Arizona, like not okay. just because uh, it could make a difference with Biden, but also, uh, there's a crucial Senate pickup uh, seat uh, uh, that we could get. Uh, it, apparently, Mark Kelly's leading by... Mark Kelly will win. Absolutely. Uh, I was just about to get... Yeah, the he's Senate leading races. by even more than... He's leading by even more than Biden is right That's now. That's correct. So I really hope to see that very soon. And like an AP called it, so hopefully uh, it will be called by other organizations soon enough. And the second thing... Uh, you may have seen me uh, chat this, but I, I definitely think this will give the viewers a uh, kick. Uh, and uh, I, I, you, you know how Trump was screaming, stop the count in capital letters on Twitter today? Yeah. Well, well he's also screaming, count the I, vote in Arizona and Nevada. He wants to stop the count in, in Pennsylvania and Georgia where he's ahead. So, you know, not very consistent. Well, but yes. The reason I think people, the reason I think people will get a kick today is because my fellow autistic Greta Thunberg tweet responded to it, and I will quote the tweet right now. She says, Let's work on this anger management problem, then go to a good old-fashioned movie with a friend. Chill, Donald, chill. Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, he does need to chill, he, and he does have an anger management problem. Th thanks for your call, Alex. I do appreciate but the it. Reason, um, the reason it was go so good of a response was, like, Dude, he, he said that exact same thing to her earlier this year. Right. Nothing is sweeter than this. And it just comes to show, never underestimate one's autism. There you go. There you go. Thank, thanks for your call, Alex. I appreciate it. Um, Alex is right. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm just going to move on to the United States Senate. 
Um, Mark Kelly, the astronaut, uh, who is actually the husband of Gabby Gifford. You may remember her. She uh, used to be a member of Congress that was shot in a mass shooting in Tucson a few years ago. Uh, quite a couple. She, she recovered, although she still got permanent brain injury. Um, and now her husband is, is doing a great job. He absolutely will win in Arizona. That's Mark Kelly beating Martha McSally, who was so weak, she lost twice. She lost uh, in the Senate election last year uh, to the Democrat and then uh, was appointed by the governor to fill John McCain's seat after he died and now has lost it to Mark Kelly. And, and hey, welcome, Arizona. Welcome to the Democratic Party. Arizona has not voted for a Democrat since Bill Clinton in 1992. It's been 30 years. And even before Bill Clinton, it's a pretty Republican state. Remember, it's the state of Barry Goldwater, father of the conservative movement. And now it had, an, it had a Republican governor, Republican legislature. I don't know if we managed to capture the legislature. I hope so. But it's got two Democratic senators. Arizona's changing. And good for Arizona. In fact, Arizona was the big bright spot on Tuesday night for me and probably for you when a lot of the states we'd hope to get, Florida, um, Ohio, Texas, I don't think we're going to win North Carolina. I know it hasn't been called, but I've given up on North Carolina when they started going the other way. So, um, yeah, uh, go Arizona. So what I was talking about is absolutely right. Let's talk about the United States Senate because that matters a lot. And frankly, as, as happy, you know, my feeling about Donald Trump leaving, I don't know what Republicans imagine I'll be, you know, dancing a jig and ecstatically popping champagne. I don't know about you. I think I'll just be relieved. Relieved once we have President-elect Biden, even more relieved when we have President Joe Biden. I'll be able to sleep at night. I won't have to worry. I have to miss the news on a Thursday because something extreme happened because Trump's America is tiring every single day. Oh, oh, he attacked veterans as losers. Oh, he locked children in cages after separating them from their parents. Oh, he didn't pay his taxes. Oh, he consorted with the Russians. Oh, he asked Ukraine, he bribed Ukraine with hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayer money to rig the elections. Oh, he won't go peacefully. Oh, 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 he's good people on both sides, praising racists. Hey, I could do a whole show like that. You know I could. Just peace. Joe Biden ain't perfect. He's not even as inspiring as a Barack Obama or, frankly, in a Kamala Harris. But he's a good man. He's a really, he's a good man. He's got a big heart. And you know what Joe Biden does really well? He listens. I've had only one lengthy discussion with Joe Biden. I did when he was running for president in 2007. I was a radio host, pretty new one at that time, went to a radio convention and Senator Joe Biden was running for president um, and uh, not doing really well in the polls. He came to speak at the radio convention. Like most talk radio, it was a heavily right-wing convention. This is the kind of place that gives standing ovations to Rush Limbaugh while I sit coldly in my chair and stared. He did a talk with them for maybe 30, maybe 45 minutes. People asked rude questions. He was done. He went out in the hall. I went to grab him in the hall. The Iraq war was happening at that time. And I wanted to talk with him about Iraq. I wanted to talk with him about getting American troops out of Iraq. 
I specifically want to suggest to him that Iraq was a mess to begin with, that the colonial powers should never have created the country, and that it should be three countries. There should be a a Sunni Muslim state, a Shia Muslim state, and a Kurdish state. I've always supported an independent Kurdistan. Uh, It's a separate group of people. They are not Arabs. They are Kurds. They are the largest ethnic group in the world, uh, tens of millions of people that do not have a state of their own, persecuted in Iraq and Iran and Syria and Turkey. Um, And we, Joe Biden and I, talked for 45 minutes out in the hallway. We had an intense conversation, and it was intense. And and Joe Biden, and this is where I understood when people said, oh, he's rubbing people's back, he put his hand on my shoulder. And that's a very personal thing to do. I remember a little taken aback, right, because I just met the guy. Uh, made me a little uncomfortable, but he obviously didn't mean it sexually. He meant it in a very friendly way, very intense. We locked eyes. And he liked my idea a lot. It's something he'd been thinking about as well. It never happened, of course. Um, but we had a long discussion. It took 45 minutes. I asked him to make me a promise that if the Bush administration didn't do such and such uh, and the Iraqi government didn't do this and that, that he would advocate removing American troops from Iraq. And he said he would. And I said, okay, you'll do it within four weeks of those two things happening. And he said, you got a deal. Now, four weeks passed, and it didn't happen. He didn't advocate for it. And I was like, oh, yeah, politician. But within five and a half weeks, he did. He came out publicly to remove troops from Iraq, and he'd been a supporter of the war before then. That was really cool to know that me, I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I'm not an elected official at that time. I'm just a journalist. I'm a radio podcast journalist on a few terrestrial radio stations. I'm nobody to him, but he listened. He understood that I knew what I was talking about. And I also told him politically, I didn't think he could win a Democratic nomination in 08. I said, I didn't think anyone could unless they called for troops to go out of Iraq. So I gave him a political reason. I gave him a practical reason. And he gave me the time. And he listened. And it wasn't just sat there listening, right? It was, it, it was a back and forth conversation. But here's the difference. Joe Biden listened because he heard someone that he did not know give him some interesting ideas, some along the lines of what he thought about, some in a different direction. And he understood, because he's a pretty egoless man, that you can learn a lot by listening to others if you just open your ears. He's the opposite of Donald Trump. And whatever you think of Joe Biden's oratorical skills... Know this, he will surround himself with some really smart people and he will listen. And won't it be a wonderful change to have a president like that? We'll be right back right after this. He's a Harvard economist and a Yale lawyer. He does not keep up with the Kardashians. He's Mark Levine. Never confuse Mark Levine with right-winger Mark Levin. The second E stands for empathy, which the other Mark lacks. Give him a call now at 888-488-MARK. That's 888-488-6275. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. America is not just run by a president. Not even primarily. Uh, Congress... Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution 
because the presidency is invested in one person, that person gets a lot of attention, particularly when they're an ex-reality star and they're not really concerned with being president, but just want attention. But Congress matters. The Supreme Court matters. Your state government matters. Your local government matters. And so I was disappointed on Election Day. I do think we're going to have a new president. And as I said, my response will be not jubilation so much as relief. I'll be able to sleep at night. I think Joe Biden's a good man, and I look forward to him being president. I look forward to Kamala Harris being vice president. I'm under no illusion that they're incredibly progressive. They're no Elizabeth Warren. But they're good people, and I think they'll try hard, and I think they'll do good things, and I think they'll be stymied by a Republican Senate. We will maintain the House. Nancy Pelosi will be Speaker. We're going to have fewer seats in the House. We thought, based on the polls, we were going to expand seats in the House, 10 to 15. Instead, we're going to decrease the Democratic margin, unfortunately. But we'll still have a margin. We'll get liberal legislation through the House. I'm very worried about the Senate. Very worried. We didn't do as well as we thought we'd do. We didn't do as well as the polls said we would. We didn't win the Senate seat in North Carolina that I thought we could win. We didn't win the one in Maine either. Susan Collins will still be around, doing what the right wing wants her to do, but expressing a lot of concern about it. She may become the most powerful senator. We did flip Arizona, as uh, Alex pointed out. We did win Colorado, as expected. Uh, and we lost in Alabama, frankly, as expected. And, and that's too bad. Doug Jones is such a good man. It's a shame that he was representing a state that's just far to the right of him. But Gary Peters of Michigan held on. And with all of that, we are at 48 Democratic seats. Actually, there's two independents, but they, that's in Maine and Vermont, but they both vote with Democrats. We have 48 Democratic seats. We need two more. We can get them. Georgia has a weird system. Their system, well, weird. I don't know if it's weird. Let's just say unusual, unique. Unlike most other states, if you've got three candidates running and just the, the one with the highest votes wins, they might win with a plurality wins, say, 49 to 48, and then a third party gets 3%. But in Georgia, if you don't win 50%, it goes to a runoff. Currently, Senator David Perdue, Republican of Georgia, has 49.98% of the vote. He was above 50, but I told you more Democratic votes are coming in from Georgia. I'm quite confident that Purdue will be below 50% when all the votes in Georgia are counted. And there's a special election in Georgia too. And that special election uh, was, was already going on. Georgia's going to have two seats up for election in the Senate at the same time. January 5th, 2021. The new Congress starts January 3rd. The Georgia election is January 5th. We will get a new president, Joe Biden, January 20th. Now that's exciting. There's 48 senators that are Democratic. And two more would give us 50. And with Kamala Harris being the vice president of the United States, after January 20th, we will have a majority. If, and only if, Biden wins, and both those senators are elected. Now, let me be clear. 
that's a real uphill battle. It is. It took an incredible effort to get what we're getting in Georgia today. I think Biden may well win Georgia. I told you it's 50-50, but I'm going to say 55% for Biden. I think he's slightly more likely to win. We'll see. And remember, this is a state that has active Jim Crow laws, a state where the governor, Brian Kemp, used to run the voting systems as secretary of state, purposely called the rolls, found black voters, and removed them from the voting rolls, made them reapply. 200,000 people illegally removed from the vote, well, illegally, let's just say unethically, removed from the voting rolls. It would have been a legal violation of the Voting Rights Act, but remember the Supreme Court said the Voting Rights Act, which John Lewis fought his life for, Martin Luther King, yeah. The thing that let blacks vote in America, yeah, it, it, it doesn't mean much anymore, sorry. My point is, is even after removing a couple hundred thousand black voters from the voting rolls, due to the great work of people like Stacey Abrams, who ran for governor, and I think would have won had every Georgian been allowed to vote, um... I, I think that um, we did it. I mean, Biden at least came to a tie. I think he can win it. But will they come back in January? Can we rev up the same Georgia machine? I sure hope so. I, I don't know Georgia that well. But it's going to take a lot to get every person voting and understanding that the Senate is as important, well, almost as important as the President of the United States. Biden's not going to get any judges through because McConnell won't let anything through. He's not going to be able to make the Affordable Care Act better. McConnell won't allow it. We won't be able to include D.C. and Puerto Rico in the Senate. We won't be able to get rid of the filibuster. None of it unless we have at least 50 Democratic senators. Might be tough even with 50 with Joe Manchin. So the race in January is vitally important. And everyone should help elect both those Georgia senators. And it's an uphill race. We're going to need every single person that voted for the president to come out again. And let's face it, if we got president-elect Joe Biden, and I think we will, the Republicans are going to throw everything at Georgia. It's their last hope to disrupt everything. And remember, they've already manipulated the system to give Donald Trump in four years more judges than Obama got in eight. They can absolutely destroy our judiciary just the other day. Amy Coney Barrett, they were hearing a case that basically said that gay people have no rights in America, that your religion trumps my ability to have equality under the law. It's scary. We need the Senate. I kind of thought we would get there. I'm very disappointed we're not. Stay awake. Help us in Georgia in January. Do whatever you can. It's going to be an expensive, ugly race, and we need two of them. You've got John Ossoff uh, is the Democrat running against David Perdue, and you've got Raphael Warnock running against Kelly Loeffler, who's a particularly weak candidate. Um, she's the one who's doing insider trading on the coronavirus. You remember her? Yeah. We can win them, but I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. If I had to predict, I predict we don't. But I want you to surprise me. I want Georgians to surprise me. If there are enough Georgians to elect Joe Biden as president, and I think there are almost as much, there's enough to elect two Democratic senators. Uh, I got a message from Michael from the Bronx saying he's cautiously optimistic about Joe Biden. Um, and breaking news that Trump's Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, 
has prepared a letter of resignation. I guess he wants to get out before Donald Trump, I don't know, orders the troops to invade Pennsylvania? Look, we live in a maddening world. And some things are disappointing. We did not win as many Senate seats as I thought we would. It's going to be tough to get the Senate. I expect we're going to have a lot of gridlock. And local governments, we didn't win the local legislative seats we needed to win. Oh, my God, I wish that half a billion. We spent a billion dollars, Democrats, on Joe Biden. With half a billion, we would have had half the ads. None of the presidential election would have changed if we had put that half a billion into state and local legislative seats. Look, I know I'm a state legislator, but we didn't have an election in Virginia. We're on the odd years. We're odd like that. It's not about me. But more of your laws that you live under are state laws than federal laws. Do you know the name of your local state legislator? Who's your state rep? Answer that question. Who is your state delegate? Who is your state senator? Do you even know? If you don't, don't be ashamed. Most people don't know. But they should know. They're the ones who draw the districting lines. They're the ones who can gerrymander. We, in Virginia, the Democrats have given power to the minority Republicans to gerrymander. And they're gerrymandering in, well, a dozen or so states. The reason why Republicans beat Democrats so often is not because of the majority. The majority of Americans vote for Democratic ideals. Joe Biden's going to win this election by five or six million popular votes. He's going to eke out a win in the Electoral College. We Democrats support democracy. We believe every vote should count. We don't believe in stopping the vote. Republicans believe in gaining power however they can. And because we're nice and we reach out to them and we believe it crossed the red-blue divide, all too often we cross it and they take what we want and pull us further to the right. Y'all, this isn't over. When Joe Biden takes the oath of office, it isn't over. You can't be complacent. You've got to fight at every level of government if you want to see the progressive America you want to see. Join me for the Georgia race. Mark Levine signing off.